Listen, all you New Yorkers. This is the 77 WABC minicast. Sometimes what's good for the goose is not necessarily good for the gander. You know, I like that. I may start every hour with some sort of a a cliche expression that sends a message about what the next few minutes I'm going to talk about might be. You know, that's the new trend in books these days. Each chapter has a quote or a title. I don't know that we've seen that much in radio these days. I may may start that. I'm going to write myself a note to do that tomorrow. Now, before we discuss the goose or the geese and the gander, let me tell you what you missed if you did not tune in to the Republican presidential debate that just ended a couple of hours ago. When we have a conversation about the things that are happening on this stage, we think about the fact that Vivek just said we were all good people. And I appreciate that because last debate, he said we were all bought and paid for. And I thought about that for a little while and said, you know, I can't imagine how you could say that knowing that you were just in business with the Chinese Communist Party and the same people that funded Hunter Biden, millions of dollars, was a partner this of yours as well. It's not nonsense. So look, do, do here's not, what I, 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 I want to respond. These, these are good people who are tainted by a broken system. And it's not the fault I, I think you of anybody who's involved. Some of us are tainted with bottom line. Excuse me. Excuse me. Thank you for speaking while I'm interrupting. Literally. While I'm speaking. Well, literally. No, you said bottom line. If I may finish. You can't be on both sides. Gentlemen, you'll have your turn. One of the challenges. We should have a debate between the big this in China. May, Everybody knows that. If I may, if Let's I may focus address, on holding Joe Biden accountable. That's what I, we need to be I actually agree on. with Ron well, DeSantis. speaking at the same time, I, no one can understand exactly. your message. What a giant waste of time. This reminds me of, uh, you know, sometimes you'd pay for a Mike Tyson fight, like Mike Tyson against Peter McNeely or something, and it ends in 43 seconds or something along those lines, and you just paid $60 for the pay-per-view, and you invited all your friends over to watch it, and you ordered a pizza, and it's just a gigantic waste of money. This was the same thing, but instead of wasting your money, you wasted your time if you watched it. Now, I I, uh, had my brother over, and he was watching uh, one of the new Star Wars shows that's on Disney+, and I was trying to get some work done because he's staying with, uh, with my son while my wife is out of town. And I'm here at work, obviously. So uh, he said, did you want to watch something else? And I really didn't want to keep the Star Wars uh, show on in the background because, honestly, from what I could hear of it, it was really good. I kept wanting to look up and see, oh, wait a minute, is that C-3PO? Is he in this? And I kept getting involved in the show. So I said, well, you know, if you wanted to watch that Republican debate, we could watch that. We could turn that on. So that's what we did. He said, oh, okay, I wouldn't mind turning that on. So we turned that on. And I'd say I heard maybe about 40, 45 minutes ago of it, and it was all just this. Right when I started my next company, Strive, to compete against BlackRock, excuse me, to compete against BlackRock, I made a commitment that we would never do business in China. And I will say something. I think you have more than time to explain your point. Well, if I I was interrupted by a lot of people here, and I want to be respectful because I believe these people. You were respectful last bit. But I do not believe in these. We're sitting here in the Reagan Library. Yes, I wish you would not. In honor of Ronald Reagan's library, if I may. From one admirer of Ronald Reagan to another. From one admirer of Reagan to another. 
do not do deals with four years ago. This isn't productive. I want to hear about that. I let's have a policy debate. What's going on? I'll let us have a policy debate. Let's have a policy debate. And the right answer is we need to declare independence from China. And I will see that through. So there you go. It was two hours. I mean, I didn't watch the whole thing or listen to the whole thing, but it was. Uh, two hours of nonsense, nothing substantive. It was just people taking shots at one another. And to think this is how we choose a president is just beyond my comprehension. Let me talk to you about something that really matters. And that's Americans when they get held abroad, especially unjustly and or by hostile countries. Big day yesterday, because after 70 days of imprisonment in North Korea, Private Travis King was released into U.S. custody yesterday. His release came after North Korean officials decided to expel him, saying that they found him guilty of illegally intruding into their territory. Officials said the U.S. had learned from Sweden several weeks ago that the North Koreans had decided to expel King, kicking kicking off a period of indirect but intense negotiations between the U.S. and North Korea. Unlike on previous occasions, the North Koreans did not receive anything in return for King's release. I don't even think the Americans were that hot to get him back. I mean, sure, he was a serviceman, but he seems like kind of a bum. He was in trouble anyway. Of course we want him back, but they don't really want him back. It's not like a private Jessica Lynch situation. Now, um, it's almost like uh, trading uh, Lenny Dykstra for Juan Samuel. You know, you, you just take whoever you can get. The North Koreans wanted to get rid of him. The Americans didn't really give him. They said, oh, we'll trade you Travis King for future considerations. Last week, though, It was a very, very emotional week for the five Americans that were back in the United States after being held in one of Iran's most notorious prison. A big relief for them, for their families, and their friends. And they can begin to heal after the trauma of their unjustified incarceration after their years of suffering. Now, last week, The Washington Post, of all places, was incredibly critical of this deal that the Biden administration and, by extension, the U.S. government made with the Iranians. And the lead editorial in the Washington Post said, the Iran prisoner deal continues a miserable cycle of hostage taking. And and the Washington Post makes a pretty strong case that Iran... Russia, with people like Brittany Griner and others, they're almost rewarded. Afghanistan under the Taliban, a number of other nations throughout recent history, they're almost rewarded for taking Americans hostage because they negotiate with these countries. The Iranians get $6 billion. Russia gets uh, the merchant of death. You, the, we're giving up serious things, either in terms of our own prisoners or in terms of serious money. So what the Washington Post has said is, I'm paraphrasing here, it's a lengthy editorial and you should read it, is that when you agree to swap five Iranians for five Americans and unlock $6 billion in Iranian oil revenue... That will encourage Iran and other countries 
to take more Americans hostage. Now, one of the things that I try to do is not go to countries where Americans are likely to be snatched up like a discount sweater on Black Friday. I try to, I don't know, remain in places like the United States or places where they're not going to cane you for spitting on the street or uh, where you can speak freely without being locked up in a gulag or something. So what the Washington Post says is the harsh truth is that rewarding hostage-taking breeds more of the same. Rogue states clang the jail door shut and wait for the next payoff, and they almost never suffer consequences for stealing people off the street. The best deterrent, according to the Washington Post, would be for the United States and other nations to refuse to negotiate for the release of such hostages. But that has proved unattractive for U.S. officials who have struck unbalanced deals to free innocent Americans from foreign cells. Such decisions can only inspire a mix of understanding and regret. It's a very mature op-ed. It's a very interesting op-ed. But it makes no doubt about where it stands. They don't think that you should be paying off hostile governments who take Americans hostage. Again, my Murano corollary to this piece is don't go to Iran. (laughs) You know, don't go to Afghanistan. I realize that's an oversimplification, especially if you're a journalist or you're doing some missionary work, but your chances of being snatched up in a country like Syria are much greater than your chances of being snatched up in a country like Canada, where they even let Nazis walk around freely. But Um, This Washington Post op-ed has ignited a firestorm, not just a firestorm, a capital F firestorm, a firestorm's firestorm. First, what happened is the Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, privately expressed his concern about the op-ed to a reporter from the Washington Post during the U.N. summit in New York. He said, look, you can't do this. This is going to, if you're publicly calling us out on this, this is going to result in us having a more difficult time getting Americans back. You know who else was quite upset? The families of Americans who are currently wrongfully detained abroad. 